Fun fact about me, I'm not a big drinker. And the older I get, the more I look for new ways to relax. If you're like me, consider Recess Mood, a healthier alternative to alcohol. Y'all already know, self-care is essential here, and we are being more intentional with the things we put into our bodies. Recess Mood is a magnesium and adaptogen-infused sparkling water with real fruit goodness, only 20 calories, and no added sugar. It enhances your mood and helps balance stress for that calm, cool, and collected feeling. And don't even get me started on the flavors y'all strawberry rose raspberry lemon grapefruit tangerine they are all very good but right now the raspberry lemon is my absolute fave so you deserve a healthier way to unwind and recess mood is offering you 15% off so head to takearecess.com affirmations and treat yourself to a more relaxed guilt-free you and you can also find the link down in the show notes below am i ready for love Whew. When I think about this question, my eyes immediately go book. But the more I think about it, the more I'm curious to know, am I ready? Am I just nervous? Or am I truly terrified by the idea of welcoming someone into my heart again? Either way, I don't want to be afraid forever. And if that is the case, it's up to me to work through whatever is going on in my head and in my heart so I can move forward one day in a confident and healthy manner. What is going on, beautiful people? You are listening to the Affirmations for Black Girls podcast, where we focus on personal growth and cultivating a healthy relationship with ourselves. I am your host, Tyra, the creative actress, content creator, and mental health enthusiast. And today's question is, are you ready for love? We often talk about romantic breakups and navigating singleness, But what about when we come to the phase of being ready to jump back into dating seriously? Now, what do I mean? In this day and age, the word dating is used very loosely. Today, I am specifically talking about dating exclusively, which in my opinion is a short span of time between openly dating multiple people and taking one dating relationship to the next level, i.e. a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Now, you can say what you want to about the entire timeline, and we're not even going to dive too deep into that today, but once you hit that dating exclusive phase, you have to know the answer to one fully loaded question. Are you truly ready to explore the idea of romantic love with this person? Now, before we dive on in, Let's go ahead and jump into our affirmation of the week. This week's affirmation is, I set clear boundaries that honor my values and protect my heart. Let's go ahead and drop in, y'all. If you can close your eyes, take a second to close your eyes. If you can't, just join along with us the best way you can. I set clear boundaries that honor my values and protect my heart. I set clear boundaries 
that honor my values and protect my heart. I set clear boundaries that honor my values and protect my heart. I set clear boundaries that honor my values and protect my heart. I set clear boundaries that honor my values and protect my heart. I set clear boundaries that honor my values and protect my heart. What does it look like to set clear boundaries? What does it look like to honor your values? What does it feel like to protect your heart? Let's say this affirmation one last time together. I set clear boundaries that honor my values and protect my heart. Yes, you guys, this affirmation, uh, it's just so important because there are so many different parts that go into being ready for a new romance that I truly never thought about until after a relationship had already started, either intentionally or by happenstance. This affirmation reminds me to be intentional about who I let into my space, and it also serves as a reminder to set clear boundaries aligned with our values, which provide a solid foundation for any type of partnership. So I was scrolling on Instagram and as I have been doing a lot lately, I really need to work on that. You guys we will jump into that in another episode, but I was scrolling on Instagram and I came across this post, this reel, and it was about 10 questions to ask yourself before jumping into a new relationship. And okay, backstory. So in previous relationships, besides my last one, every single one of them happened by happenstance. I was never truly intentional about what I wanted, what I expected in a relationship, how I wanted to be in a relationship, how I wanted to feel, nothing. I never truly thought about any of that stuff. And when a guy wanted to court me, date me, take me on a date, whatever, I my literal in my, literally in my brain what I would say is Oh, he liked me. Okay, I'll go on a date. And that's it. I think now that I am older, and this has been a few years in the making, I am learning how to be more intentional about the dating scene. And y'all, this is just a huge can of worms and everything is nuanced, but I don't want to just go with the flow. I have expectations for a relationship. And oftentimes in past relationships for me, I've waited too late 
and I've gotten too deep into something that I knew from the jump I didn't want to be in before I actually said something or acted on my feelings or my beliefs or my thoughts about said relationship or my idea of what I wanted a relationship to be. So after my relationship with the guy I moved out to California with, and we've talked about this in the past, if you haven't, go listen to some old episodes, y'all, I talk about it so often. After that relationship, but actually I'm going to give you a little snippet. So we moved out to California in 2018. And honestly, in a nutshell, I could honestly say that our relationship was a huge trauma bond. And since we moved out to a new place, I really felt like I had no one else. And he was my only support system out here. He was the only one I could trust all of these things because we came out here together. So going off of that belief, it really led us down a road of having a very toxic relationship and I started to resent him, all the things. But after that relationship, something within me said, Tyra, it's time to start being way more intentional about what you have going on in every aspect of romantic relationship. Because there's one specific memory I have of the time spent with that boyfriend And we were still living in New Jersey at the time and he was over at my apartment and I was getting ready to go to work. At the time I worked at Red Lobster and he was listening to a YouTube video about some things that I didn't really agree with. And in my head, after asking him, why are you listening to that video? After we had had conversations about my beliefs, morals, his, all of the things and the things that were being said in the video were not all the way, but they were against my morals and beliefs. And it really made me a little uncomfortable, but I didn't have the tools to express that in a healthy way to him. And I also was in a space where, like I said earlier, oh, well, this guy likes me. Okay, let's see what happens. I always took a back seat to my relationships. And I said to myself in that moment after he said, I asked him, why are you watching that video? He said, well, I mean, I just want to learn about it or whatever he said. It was to the effect of it's harmless to watch it. There's information out in the world and I want to know it. And in my head, I said, I am not marrying this boy. And I continued putting on my makeup, doing my hair and I went to work. But that was a pivotal moment because I already knew that I did not want to be with this person long term, but I did not have the tools or the have done the inner self work, the self work to know how to navigate a situation like that. I had already created this trauma bond with him and I didn't have the highest self esteem, all of the things that cause you to be in a situation that you don't really want to be in. I had my own stuff going on. And After that relationship, I said to myself, it is time to stop. Enough is enough, Tyra. We have to start being more intentional. And it's an ongoing process. And I've been being way more intentional. So when I saw this post, I was like, oh, 10 questions. What are the questions? Let me make sure I'm doing some of these things before my next relationship, even though my previous relationship that just ended at the end of last year, I was taking more initiative and being more intentional about what I had going on, I wanted to make sure that 
I was truly taking time to get to know Tyra. So for this episode, we're going to go through these 10 questions, grab a notepad, write them all down. And I've also linked the reel in the show notes below if you wanted to watch the reel. But the reel is literally a girl like sitting down writing or something. And the caption is all of the questions. So we're going to go through those together. And we are going to just start reflecting and truly ask ourselves, are we ready for love and navigate some relationship readiness? Hey, AFBG family. If you're enjoying the conversations we have on the pod, I would greatly appreciate your support. Please take a moment to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us reach more listeners like you who are seeking inspiration and empowerment. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and loved ones. Together, let's spread the positivity and help uplift even more Black girls on their journey to loving themselves a little more. Thank you so much for being a part of our growing community. Okay, question number one, am I ready for a committed relationship? And along with this question, you want to assess your emotional readiness and willingness to invest time and effort into building a healthy romantic relationship. I have literally been thinking about this so much because I have been dating and the more that I date, the more that I come to a conclusion on the answer to this question in this time, like right now. And right now, my answer is no, you guys, I am not ready for a committed relationship. I, like I said in the opening I get a little nervous when I think about these things because I've also had a history with struggling with the idea of starting over. And that has been in my path since my very first relationship. In high school, I had a boyfriend and I literally did not like him, y'all. Like literally did not like him, but I was not going to break up with him because I didn't want to start over. And I am going to dive deeper into that myself through journaling and self-work and in therapy to to just assess why what does that stem from the idea of starting over I know it really has a lot to do with the my relationship with failure um academically I am a very competitive person and I love to do my best I was valedictorian of my class and I really took on took that on as my identity so I'm working through separating myself from my productivity, from all of the accomplishments and accolades I get, that does not make me me. Just so I can relearn how to have a a healthy relationship with failure and new beginnings and all of the things because it's scary and it just really makes me feel like, oh no, I don't even want to do that. I already got this. This is good enough it really puts me in a mindset where it's like, it's okay to settle. And that's something that I am every day fighting to change my belief about. But I say all that to say, it's not that I am not ready for a committed relationship necessarily for all of those reasons. But on the the flip side of it, I feel 
myself worrying about losing who I am, losing the steam on dating me. And, you know, you guys know that I am doing boxing again. I'm also uh, doing pottery and all of these different activities that I truly put to the side when I have a partner in my life. I'm still trying to put down roots into my individuality so that even when I welcome someone into my life, I do not lose myself. So I think I want to hold on to singleness a little bit longer. And as far as dating goes, something that I am also working on is being more vocal about my intentions? Am I just trying to have fun? Am I looking for something serious? All of that. And luckily, the guys that I have been dating, I've been able to, you know, live in that space. And I haven't felt, um, you know, pressure to date them exclusively or any of the things. It's just been very, I don't want to say casual because that has such a a negative connotation these days but it is more on the casual side and I'm just looking for companionship and fun and overall just clean fun dating at this point okay question number two what are my core values and goals use this question to determine your values life goals and long-term aspirations to ensure compatibility with a potential partner. Now, this question is twofold. I truly believe that your dating life is not an interview. You should allow the dates to be organic. Now, core values, yes, you should have the same core values, but in terms of long-term aspirations to ensure compatibility and all of that, I take all of that with a grain of salt because you really don't know who you're going to be in six months in terms of long-term aspirations. Those things can change. They can be flexible. They can mold into something else. You can't say, oh, when I'm 80, I am going to be the Nobel Peace Prize winner. You you literally cannot say that. You can say something like, when I'm 80, I want to retire in the countryside and homestead. Now that's something that you can do. So for this question specifically, I am taking it with a grain of salt. I'm taking it as, okay, these are my core values. My core values are my personal ethics or ideals that guide me when I am making decisions, when I'm building relationships, when I'm solving problems. All of those things, they don't typically change unless something a huge life event even happens or something big happens in your life to change your outlook on life so for me the number one core value I have is God has to be at the center of our lives we have to live a kingdom life that's very important to me and I really have learned that I don't necessarily want to date someone who has not found themselves or found themselves in Christ yet. The level to what you found yourself, that in itself is a person by person basis. But the overall idea that Jesus died on a cross for my sins, I love God, He is at the center of my life, that specifically has to be what it is, no exceptions. Other than that, a healthy relationship with your mental health is super important. Um, Especially in the black community, 
therapy is still taboo. Talking about your feelings is still taboo. All of this stuff is so taboo. I really want to welcome someone into my life who takes their mental health seriously, isn't afraid to go to therapy, isn't afraid to seek counsel for mental health and wellness, and just explore ways to become the best version of yourself through prayer, through meditation, through all of the, through reading, just becoming your highest self um, is super important to me as well. Next is, I would say, vulnerable and honest communication. This is something that I have truly struggled with in the past. And I want to make sure that all of my core values are things that I do myself, even if I'm looking for in a partner. So vulnerable and honest communication. Communication can be uncomfortable. It can be filled with discomfort. But especially in relationship, romantic or platonic, relationship with anyone in my life, people I care about, or even just (laughs) as an overall thing of having integrity, I want to always put my best foot forward and be honorable, be honest, be trustworthy, worthy, and practice honest communication and be vulnerable when the time permits. Next up, I would say a core value is family. I truly love my family and I am the type of person who wants to spend time with family. Holidays, uh, big life milestones, calling them up, family vacations, all of the things that's super important to me. And I, I do love and support my family. I would also say financial responsibility, being fiscally responsible, having financial literacy. It's super important for me and not necessarily the fact that you need to know everything about your finances, but you have to have an open mind and a willingness to learn and grow in your finances. That's very important. And know that if you got bills to pay, you don't need to be going on a trip going to buy drinks, whatever the case may be, just being financially responsible. And the last one I would like to touch on for this question for myself personally, and I hope this is also helping you guys think about your core values and what you truly value in life. I would say support. I have been in relationships where the support wasn't there. I've been in a relationship where the support was there and I didn't know how to accept it. So overall supporting one another in their goals, in their endeavors, anything that they want to achieve and uh, I want to achieve, having that support and really having someone to either lean on or being that uh, support being for my partner to lean on is very important to me as well. As far as goals, this is why I brought up the idea that your goals can change because One of my biggest goals is to be a successful actress and travel the world and eat good food. That is so vague that I cannot use that to, or everything is nuanced, but on a higher level, I cannot use that specifically to say, oh, I'm going to be compatible with you or I'm not going to be compatible with you. And I say that because what if I meet someone who travel throughout their whole childhood and they're like, I just need a break for two years. Okay, I want to travel. Maybe I 
have solo trips. Maybe I take this time to continue to get to love on Tyra, get to know Tyra. And after that two years, they're like, I am ready to get back out there again and travel. Instead of me saying up front, hey, do you like to travel? Well, actually, I traveled my whole childhood. I don't really know if I want to travel in whatever. And cutting them off completely just because they don't want to travel right now. I just think personally, for my lifestyle, that is a very frivolous thing to not explore a possibility with a potential partner over. Now, I want to bring this question to you guys. How do you define your core values and how do they influence your choices in relationships? Now, if you're listening on Spotify, then you will notice that we have some open-ended questions and polls down below for you to respond back to me. You guys, I read them. I read them all and I publish them to each podcast episode. If you're not listening on Spotify, go over to Spotify if you would like to answer this question. I do want to start implementing the questions that I am putting under each episode into the actual episode so you can get my two cents and then give me your two cents because I read them all, y'all. But today's question is, How do you define your core values and how do they influence your choices in relationships? And I just gave you my answer and I would love to hear what you guys have to say. So if you're on Spotify, if you're on the app, scroll down and you'll see the question and I cannot wait to see your response. Okay, third question. Do you have a clear understanding of your boundaries and deal breakers, or I don't know why I read that like that. Do I have a clear understanding of my boundaries and deal breakers? Use this question to reflect on your personal boundaries, your values, and any non-negotiable factors. So I'm going to keep it honest. I am still working on my boundaries. I have an entire episode on boundaries and the different types of boundaries. I am still working on... I think I have my physical boundaries down packed, but I'm still working on more of my social mental boundaries with other people. So if you want to know more about boundaries, go find that um, boundaries episode. I'll also link it down below for you guys so you can go and uh, listen to it. But anyways, as I continue to date, I am starting to see where I need stronger boundaries And the number one thing that has been helping me create stronger boundaries is to create a routine that I love. It has helped me to create such strong, to strengthen my boundaries in ways that I didn't necessarily think of when I started creating this routine. I just kind of saw the dots connecting for myself. So for example, um, I went on a date with this guy And he then said, oh, well, we can, you know, go back to my house and watch a movie or whatever the case may be. And I said, "Uh, thank you for the date. I got boxing in the morning, bright and early. And that in itself is making me proud because I am sticking to my routine. I have a boundary. I need to be home by a certain time because if I don't show up for myself in this moment, I'm going to be tired in the morning. I'm not going to make it to boxing. I may start lagging on my routine and it will just throw everything off. Now, like I've been saying, everything is nuanced, especially in personal relationship. So do with that what you will, but creating my routine and really showing up for myself has really brought me a lot of joy and it helps me to regulate just how available I am to these people 
in a in a good way, you guys, how available I am to them while also still putting myself first and remaining an individual while dating. So we also touched on deal breakers in this question. What are my deal breakers? Y'all, they are growing every day. Sometimes they change, sometimes whatever. My huge one, I already talked about it. You must love God. You must be a Christian. You must be a kingdom kid. God must be at the center of your life. I'm not saying you have to be a pastor of a church. What I'm saying is you have to have a heart that's on fire for Jesus and learning more about him and cultivating your relationship with him, however that looks for you. That's what's important to me. And you just you just have to be authentically and honestly growing your relationship with him. So I just told you guys that we have open-ended questions and polls. So our poll question for the day Go down and answer it because I absolutely love seeing your responses. Some of them really be like, oh, what? That's the response. Okay. Which aspect of setting boundaries do you find most challenging? Is it the communication of the boundaries, like communicating your boundaries effectively? Is it identifying where your boundaries are or what your boundaries are? Is it enforcing the boundaries with others or is it adjusting your boundaries as needed? My biggest or the most challenging part for me honestly it's a toss-up between communicating the boundaries effectively and enforcing the boundaries with others and that just takes a simple session sitting down with yourself and saying okay what are my boundaries if somebody tries to step over a boundary what can I say to them to communicate effectively and nicely especially if I want this person to be in my life and also enforcing boundaries I, here's the thing about me. I love creating canned messages, y'all. So what can I say or what canned messaging can I have when I need to enforce my boundary with others? That's helpful for me because sometimes I, well, I'm a recovering people pleaser. So when I am trying to enforce a boundary, if somebody constantly wants to step over it, not in, you know, like a super violent way or mean way, but if it's a boundary that is just, important to me and they're trying to understand it and I need to enforce it and stand 10 toes down in it I need to have a canned message because I get flustered and I start to get a little nervous because I'm still learning how to use my voice how to say no how to say we ain't gonna do that how to say this is what I want and that's just that in a nice and loving way so answer the poll question and let me know what aspect of setting boundaries do you find most challenging This portion of the episode is sponsored by AG1. At this point, y'all, we've been talking about AG1 for almost a year, and I cannot tell you enough about how AG1 has enhanced my daily routine. One thing my friends are constantly getting on me about is whether or not I'm eating enough, which is directly related to me getting enough vitamins and nutrients on a daily basis. Here's the thing. I love AG1 and I have been taking it since last year because it gives me peace of mind no matter what I eat throughout the day. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and it does it all in one simple drinkable habit. It's filled with over 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients that keep my gut healthy, increases my mood, and most important to me, gives me peace of mind. I know that as long as I take AG1, I'm covered nutritionally no matter what goes on throughout the day. I take AG1 after my workouts. You guys know I'm a boxing girly and I need my nutrients. I have one scoop 
put it in some water, I shake it, and I drink it. The number one reason I love AG1 is because it's easy and it takes the mental guesswork out of making sure you're putting your health first. After all, this is the Affirmations for Black Girls podcast, and we aim to be healthy inside and out. So if you want to take ownership of your health as well, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash affirmations. That's drinkag1.com slash affirmations. So check it out. And I've also linked it down below in the show notes. Now let's get back into the episode. Question number four. Have I taken time to heal from past relationships? Ooh, use this question to evaluate whether you have adequately processed and healed from any past emotional wounds or traumas before entering into a new relationship. Like I said at the beginning, I am not ready for a new relationship, but have I taken time to heal from past relationships? I think that should be done before you start dating again, which is what I took time to do. And I think that it didn't take me years to heal from this last relationship because we were only together for eight months. And the reason the relationship ended didn't really have much to do with me or anything that I could have done better. I did bring this up in a previous episode, but he literally just said that he needed to focus on him and his mental health um, because he was not in a space where he could be in a relationship any longer. So I said, it took a lot. I didn't just say, okay, then, but it took a lot for me to, you know, digest that. But once I was able to digest that, that is when my healing started and the healing process for that was so much uh, I don't want to say shorter because some I, I have my days like if I come across something that reminds me of him or any of that I do have my days but in terms of being hurt when I think about him or our relationship or I feel animosity or super like sadness or even depressed or anything that has subsided I don't feel those ways anymore it's more of a in a healthy way it is what it is I'm ready to move forward so when you take the time to really process what you feel and then in your mind you're like okay I'm ready to move forward I'm not suppressing any thoughts I'm not saying well I'm not going to think about it you have truly taken the time to process everything that you need to heal from and put different um, different strategies in place to get you through that, to get you to a place of healing, that is when I think you should start dating again. Question number five, what are my expectations for a partner and a relationship? Take time to consider your expectations regarding communication, affection, and shared responsibilities in this romantic relationship. Now, Speaking of my last relationship, I was able to find a note that I sent to him because he asked me what some of my expectations were for my new for this relationship or a relationship in general. And I'm going to read it to you guys. It's it's very like casual cuz I literally texted this to him 
but I really appreciated the question and I haven't always had the best relationship with the word expectation because of my previous relationship the with the guy that I moved out to California with he would make me feel like I wanted too much and I want to just say if any dude guy girl whatever is making you feel like you are asking for too much they are not for you the hands not big enough to hold what you got going on and that's just that that's it. You're never asking for too much within reason. I'm going to keep saying this because it's a podcast. We can't have a dialogue back and forth, but everything is nuanced. But if someone makes you feel like what you think is the bare minimum is asking for too much, they are not opening themselves up or being available to you in the way that you need them anyway. So it's time to let them go. But anyways, this is what I said. So he said, what are some of um, your relationship expectations? This is what I said, y'all. There are some expectations off the top of my head, really. In my life, the word expectation has been portrayed or talked about as a bad thing. I don't know if it's the same for you, but here are some things I expect out of myself and my partner. I don't expect anything out of a partner that I cannot offer in return, except anything I am physically unable to do. But even then, I will always try my best. LOL. <laughs> okay. My expectations in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship to pray together, grow our relationship in God together and separately. I expect effort and willingness to maintain the relationship and give it room to evolve. I expect respect, respect for each other's priorities, dreams, and aspirations. I expect encouragement to live and explore and make memories, make memories with and without each other. I expect to have an open heart, to learn each other, not only likes and dislikes, but what makes us who we are on a deep level. I expect communication. This may seem obvious, but it really isn't. I expect myself and my partner to be able to express our thoughts, wants, and needs in any situation, no matter how uncomfortable it may be. I expect to be treated with kindness. I expect complete and total honesty. I expect an equal partnership, not in specific areas, but neither of us should be should feel like we're we lack or have the constant need to pick up the other person's so-called slack. I expect us to want the same things out of life so that we can work towards the common goal of living an equally yoked life. And I also expect grace. We are two beings attempting to bring our lives together. That alone should be appreciated no matter the outcome and giving it your best shot. As long as I know I gave it my best shot, I'm okay with that. So I went on to say like my marriage expectations and all of that and the difference between both. But I'm just going to leave it there. But really sit and think about your expectations for your partner and yourself. And once you write them down, y'all, think about, am I asking for something that I cannot give in return? Am I, am I asking for something that I am unable to do? Am I asking for something that, quite frankly, is materialistic or frivolous that I should reevaluate? Take that time to really meditate on what your expectations are, because expectations are not bad things. Everything should have an expectation. When you go to a restaurant, you expect to eat good food. You expect to eat cooked food. You expect to eat off a clean plate. You expect to leave the restaurant satisfied. There are 
in every situation and every experience, there are expectations and you should lean into that. All right. Question number six, am I comfortable with vulnerability and compromise? Ooh, this is a one. So use this question to assess your willingness to be vulnerable, to be open and adaptable within a relationship. Now I'm gonna be the first one to say I was not always vulnerable and I was not always comfortable with being vulnerable, but I am growing in it. I was never vulnerable in my relationship with the guy that I moved out to California with until the very end when I said, Tyra, enough is enough. This wall has to come down. It's not healthy to hold all of this stuff in. That's when I started leaning into vulnerability. But in my last relationship, I was very vulnerable and I expressed to him that this was still very new for me, but I am trying my best and my heart is pure in this vulnerability journey and compromise journey. So I think as long as you are comfortable with being uncomfortable and pushing through the discomfort to move towards being fully vulnerable and being open-minded to compromise, I think it's safe to start exploring a relationship. But since I was very uncomfortable with being vulnerable and sharing my emotions and my feelings, especially with this guy, because I I loved him. To put it plainly, I, I love this man and I just wanted it to work, but I was vulnerable. I mean, I was uncomfortable with being vulnerable because of whatever I had to share or I was feeling self-conscious or whatever, what I would start my conversation with is, okay, I want to be vulnerable right now. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. I'm just going to throw words out. I just need you to help me get this out. Whatever the case may be, just share whatever is coming to your mind. We don't have to have everything figured out ever. So, He said to me that he appreciated when I said stuff like that versus trying to have a conversation and feeling uneasy and uncomfortable because people can't always read what emotion is behind what you're saying. So if you are open from the jump and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling uncomfortable, but I'm trying to get this out to you. They're going to have an open mind and prayerfully, they're going to give you grace and provide the space for you to express in that way. So are you comfortable with vulnerability? It's hard, y'all, but it's important. All right. Number seven, can I maintain my own identity within a relationship? This is important because you have to have a strong sense of self because you will get lost in every relationship. I've gotten lost in relationship before. And when those relationships ended, I literally said to myself, what do I do now? I feel like I am starting over with life. So how do you grow your sense of self? This is what I've been doing. I There's probably other things, but I think the most obvious one is to spend time with yourself. Figure out what you like. 
mentally getting to know yourself is just like dating. You're literally dating yourself. You're figuring out who Tyra is, what Tyra likes, getting to know her deepest, darkest secrets, all of that type of stuff, y'all. You're doing it with yourself. You're doing the same thing with another person, except you're doing it with yourself, which is super important because a lot of people don't have a relationship with themselves. I remember when I first started my therapy journey and being um, reflective and introspective, I would ask myself, or I would use journal prompts. And when I would answer a question like, what, I don't know, let me think of something like what triggers me or what makes me feel sad? My immediate answer is, I don't know. That I cannot stress enough is one of the worst things that you can say, because how do you not know what makes you sad? How do you not know what you love? That's because you're not spending time with yourself. There is a difference between sitting in a room alone on your phone and actually intentionally spending time with yourself. And I think the best way that you can grow your sense of self is to spend intentional time with you. Question number eight. Am I, this is this is a good one here. Am I emotionally available. Okay, this is loaded and we can literally do a whole series on this question, y'all. So if you want more on emotional availability and, you know, with partners and all this type of stuff with you, we can talk about that in a future episode. But this question is to help you evaluate your emotional availability and your capacity to connect with another person on a deeper level. So what is emotional availability? Emotional availability is the idea that um so it refers to a pattern of difficulty getting close to others practicing emotional vulnerability committing and connecting on a deeper more intimate level emotionally unavailable people tend to keep their partners and loved ones at arm's length they rarely open up and they rarely share their true emotional experience and they often leave relationships before they get too serious and I have been on the side of emotional availability where I just didn't have the ability to make and hold space for partners. That definitely happened in my relationship with the guy that I moved out of California with, but I didn't know what it was. I was just like, I can't do this because he was um, pretty in touch with his emotions. And for example, if he would cry or be upset about something, I literally had no capacity to even not care, but just to like like we said to connect with someone and hold that emotional connection with them when it came to heavier emotions like that um so yes like i said i've been emotionally unavailable in the past and there's actually an article that i wanted to share with you guys about being emotionally unavailable there are obviously a lot of signs um but i came across um some signs that you are emotionally unavailable that I would like to share. And it's six of them. And take this with a grain of salt. Everything is nuanced. You already know. That's my tagline for my slogan for this episode. Okay. Six signs that you are emotionally unavailable. Number one, you keep your options open. Number two, relationships drain you. Number three, you have relationship anxiety. Number four, when you're presented with the option to commit, you back out. 
Number five, you struggle with trust. And number six, you worry about losing your independence in a relationship. Now, again, take all of this with a grain of salt, but obviously there is some truth to it. And if something, if you identify with something, do a little bit more research on what causes emotional availability, how I can improve myself, all of the things to help you get out of being emotionally unavailable. So there's also another list of how not to be emotionally unavailable. Like if you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I may be emotionally unavailable. And these are all things that we can all practice, even if we do not identify as emotionally unavailable. Number one, get mindful of your emotional experience. Think about your feelings. Use feeling words. Just be intentional about feeling your emotions. Number two, identify the cause identify the causes of emotional unavailability. Where did this stem from? When did you, if you can, when did you notice a shift in how you felt? Have you always felt that way? Number three, practice opening up. I can honestly say that this was so uncomfortable. I wanted to throw up every time I practiced opening up, but self uh, subconsciously, I was doing these things on this list when I realized or before I even realized, put a name to it, before I said I was emotionally unavailable, I just knew that something wasn't right and that I didn't want to be that way. So I did start practicing opening up and I wanted to throw up every time and it literally just got easier. It's just like going to the gym and working out. Your muscles are going to be sore at the beginning, but the more that you go to the gym and you work out, the easier it will become. Number four is Talk to trusted people about emotions. I would personally talk to a therapist, but you could talk to friends who you think are very in tune with their emotions and they are great friends to you. And number five, just take it slow. It's not going to happen all in one day. Rome was not built in a day. So really take some time to practice emotional availability and just get to know yourself a little bit more and explore expanding your capacity to connect with other people on a deeper level. All right, y'all, we got two more questions. Let's go ahead and blaze through these. Number nine, how do I handle conflict and communication? Use this question to reflect on your communication style. So one thing about me, fun fact, I love a good test. Um, There are all types of tests for you to take about learning your communication style. But overall, oh, and I also link one down below. But overall, there are four main types of communication styles. There is passive communication, aggressive communication, there's passive aggressive communication, and then assertive. So I took this one test um, that I linked down below for you guys. It's called, what is it called? Do I have it pulled up? Oh, yes. It's called personalitylingo.com. And I answered, what, four questions? Very short. And I got the thinker communication style, which means I am objective and strategic. Now, you might be saying, girl, didn't you just say the four communication style is something else? So all of these tests are going to give you different answers. This was the quickest one that I could take. And it was the one that I identify with the most um, with the questions. So my communication style, my results indicated that when communicating, 
I tend to reflect upon a conversation before responding. I like to analyze what I've just heard and explore the many ways I could respond and choose the reply that most accurately and pertinently expresses my thoughts on the matter. My goal is to obtain information so I can figure out, fix, improve, or invent something as a result. And when I say that is literally how I navigate romantic relationships, literally that that's where I currently like to live. But if we go back to the four overarching communication styles, I used to be, uh, I used to have a very passive communication style. I brought this up in the childhood trauma series, but I didn't use my voice when I was growing up. And in the passive communication style, um, I have this pulled up as well. It means you don't express your feelings or needs. You ignore your own personal rights and allow others to do so as well. Um, So that's how I was when I was growing up. And I do think that my communication style then evolved into a passive aggressive communication style. And then it went to aggressive. And I'm talking about specifically romantically. And I noticed this entire shift through my relationship with the guy that I moved out to California with. So I was very passive. And that goes back to me saying, oh, this guy likes me. Okay, we'll just date to passive aggressive, which means um, so it says appearing passive on the surface, but subtly acting out of anger, exerting control over others by using sarcasm and indirect communication or avoiding the conversation and limited consideration for the rights, needs or feelings of others. When I say that was 100 percent me. 100% me. So that can look like the silent treatment, spreading rumors or sabotaging another person's efforts. Y'all did all of that stuff. Uh, Not spreading rumors in my uh, romantic relationship, but yeah, I sabotaged things that he had going on. Like if he had like a call or something, I would be banging pots in the background if I was mad. Like it was just too much. And then towards the end of our, our relationship, I got more into an aggressive communication style and um, the characteristics of that is expressing your feelings, needs, and ideas at the expense of others, ignoring others' rights in order to support your own, being defensive or hostile when confronted by others, often alienates and hurts others, and but it can also help meet your needs <laughs> very quickly, it says. So examples are like... Um, Examples of this communication style would be like, this is what we're doing or get over it. Or your body language can be crossing your arms, eye rolling, finger pointing, saying you, 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 you the problem, all that type of stuff. By the end of that relationship, that was my communication style in that romantic relationship. And that's not where I wanted to be. Where you truly want to be, in my opinion, is an assertive communication style, which is direct honest communication of your thoughts and feelings, respecting the feelings and ideas and needs of others while also asserting your own. Um, People often misinterpret assertive behavior as aggressive. Like, for example, Black women are often mislabeled in this way. Like we're being, you know, you already know the stereotypes, mad Black women, all that stuff. But an example of an assertive communication style is using I statements. And this is something that I swear by. I practice this in my latest relationship. And I really felt proud of myself for being able to communicate in this way. So using I statements like I feel blank when you blank. 
You know, your body language for an assertive communication style includes eye contact, a straight posture and relaxed gestures, not yelling, just having an open uh, conversation with this person. And to be honest, y'all, like I said in a previous episode, I'm a soft girl now. I want to stay a soft girl. So an assertive communication style is super important because you do not put your need, your wants and needs to decide for other people, but you're also taking into account other people's feelings and other people's beliefs or whatever the case may be. Now, as far as the communication styles go, most of us don't use a single communication style in every interaction with human beings. They are simply tools that you can use to communicate. So when I was taking this test, I was taking it from the thought process of, okay, when I'm in relationship, this is what I do. But like I said, in general, assertive communication is most likely to lead to respectful and longer term relationships. So that's the style to strive for in most situations. All right. Our last question. Do I have a support system outside of relationships? Consider the presence of a strong support system like your friends, your family, church, all of those things. Y'all, support systems and community are so important. It's important for you to have friends and family, a coach, church, pastor, who you feel no judgment with when you have something going on that you need to share. And for me, my number, 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 number one person is my best friend, Bria. I never feel judged when I share things with her and she is just such a kind person that I I literally run to her when I have super deep heavy things going on that I just need to talk to talk about with a friend and then I also have my best friend Alexis y'all during my last relationship and I, I talked about this in a previous episode she was literally my freaking rock I spiraled so bad because you couldn't tell me that this relationship with this guy was going to be over like I was very sad because it, it felt like it came out of nowhere we were doing well we weren't arguing like literally it just happened out of nowhere and I didn't want to do anything but she made sure that I was still living and I cannot even express how important that was when I was going through that breakup so you should still have a support system outside of that relationship because at the end of the day you still have a life you're still an individual and you still have to cultivate those relationships outside of your partner so you can be a fully well-rounded individual Y'all, we thrive on your input and value your thoughts. Have a burning question, an inspiring topic suggestion, or a personal story to share? Do not hesitate to reach out to us at affirmationsforblackgirls at gmail.com. Your submissions might just make an appearance in an upcoming episode, so stay tuned for that. And we believe in the power of your voice. So let's take a deep dive together and foster a space where your experiences and perspectives are honored and shared.
The fact of the matter is, we are always evolving and growing in relationship, learning more about ourselves each and every day. We may not feel ready for romance today, but tomorrow that could change or vice versa. The key is to create a healthy lifestyle for you, one that you can invite someone new into, but still have that deep sense of self, no matter how long they're in your life. So are you ready for love? Are you still deciding? Do you have more things you'd like to work through or discover about yourself before you give dating another serious chance? Reflection and self-discovery, in my opinion, are two of the most important components of relationship preparedness and a very rewarding experience if you truly take the time to get to know you at least a little bit before inviting someone else into your intimate space. Uh Uh-oh, you guys, you know what time it is. It is time for a fun closing segment. Today, we are doing Solo Dolo, where I let you guys in a little bit on my dating life and what is going on. So let's go ahead and jump in. So like I said in the episode already, my dating life has been popping off a little bit. I've been going on dates. I've been meeting new people. And I have been honestly having a great time getting to know who I want to be in relationship. I've been keeping it very casual, clean, cute with these guys. And I've actually met some pretty fun men along the way. And specifically today, I wanted to talk about something that I saw on Instagram. Y'all, I feel like I'm gonna say it a lot in upcoming episodes. But on Instagram, I saw this post. And if I can find it, I will link it down below. But basically, the post was saying, this girl was saying she only she does not go on coffee or drink dates for the first date. And her whole stance behind it was coffee and drink dates feel like an interview for a full length date, which is dinner, because coffee dates or drink dates typically last like 30 to 45 minutes. And the comments was going off on her, y'all. Like, let me be honest, they was going off. So they were saying in the comments, but if men are dating or if this is the first date, uh, dinner may be super expensive because her she read through like messages that she had sent this guy. And she was like, just to let you know, <laughs> I don't want to go on no coffee or, or a drink date. She didn't say it like that. What she said was um, he offered for them to go out for drinks and she was like well I prefer to go to a nice restaurant for our first date because I like getting dressed up was her response and his response to that was well just so you know um we can definitely do that I'll send you over some options but I would be comfortable splitting the check on the first date if we go to a fine dining establishment and people in the comments was eating her up they were like girl Take the date. If you like the man, none of that matters. You shouldn't be going on expensive dates, all this kind of stuff. It has some men in the comments saying, think about it. If this is the first date, just imagine if every girl was saying, oh, we need to go on a fine dining dinner date. You spending at least, depending on where you live, you're spending at least $100, maybe more. Uh, What if you went on three dates that week? That's $300 just spent on food. 
for you and another person that you may or may not even have a connection with, whatever the case may be. Okay, that's what the whole thing was. Here is my take on it. Baby, don't take me to dinner on a first date. I don't want to go to dinner. Take me to do an activity. Why do I prefer an activity? It's less stressful. It's active, which automatically helps you regulate your nervous system. And you can talk about the task at hand versus yourself and feeling like you are on an interview. I hate going on a dinner date for the first date, y'all. And on my Hinge profile, I said, don't take me to dinner. Take me to an arcade. Take me to do something new. Go see a museum. Something that is active, something that is interactive, where we're not sitting across the table from each other, asking questions, trying to check off boxes subconsciously to let us know if we want to see each other again. The only thing I'm thinking about on the first day is, can I vibe with you? Can I have fun with you? Um, There's also this book. I forgot the name of the book, y'all. But it was saying that you should at least give everyone two dates. And honestly, if that is the case, like fine dining, that stuff is expensive. I'm not even about to say to a man, oh, yeah, we got to go on this date or whatever the case. I'm not doing that because that's just not the kind of girl I am. Now, some girls are. I'm not saying that you're wrong for wanting that because if that is your expectation, then God got somebody for you, right? What I'm saying is I don't like feeling like I'm on an interview. Also, a coffee date, I would definitely take a coffee. I have taken a coffee date in the past, especially if I'm only available in the morning on the morning side or before lunch. I'm going to take a coffee date. I also don't like being out late with these men. So dinner date, that means you at this fine dining restaurant, you out late, it's more opportunity for him to ask you to come back to his place after the first date, you got to say no, you got to uh, enforce your boundaries. It's just too much. How about y'all go bowling? Let's go bowling. Let's make a wager. If I win, we got to go on an ice cream date. If you win, I got to cook for you. Whatever the case may be. Like, I just think it's so much more fun and there's so much... Um, it's just so much stuff, stuffiness that comes with dating these days. And I honestly want it to mesh more into my life than be something that I have to prepare for. I don't know. That's how I feel. Y'all send me a DM on Instagram on the Affirmations for Black Girls page to tell me your thoughts or an email at affirmationsforblackgirls at gmail.com. Tell me what y'all think about this because Yes, take me out on a like to a nice restaurant on date number two, date number three, whatever. But first date, that means that we've probably only texted. We've probably only FaceTimed once. I still don't really know you. And I'm just really talking about in in that way. Like it's different if it's like a friend that started to like you. They're like, let's go out to dinner and let's have a proper first date. That's different. But if this is somebody new, you don't really know them. You just, you literally just like meeting them. Go do something fun. Do something that will help to regulate your nervous system and activity because you also get to see a lot more, um, a lot more about the person, how they handle stress, how they do under pressure, how their self-talk to themselves. Like if you're doing something like pottery or painting, how do they talk about their work? How do they talk about what you got going on? Like you, you can learn so much about somebody when you're actually doing something and you're both focused on that common goal versus eating, worrying about if you got something in your teeth, like your stomach being messed up because you had some macaroni and cheese. I don't have time for that. So take me to do an activity. What y'all think? Send me an email or a DM. But 
Oh, you guys, we have talked about a lot today. This was a great episode. Well, from from my perspective, um, I would love for you guys to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it. Please leave us a review and follow us on Instagram at Affirmations for Black Girls, on YouTube at Affirmations for Black Girls, on Threads at Affirmations for Black Girls, and on Twitter or X at AFBG underscore podcast. That is all that I have for you guys today. I am so glad that you guys stayed to the end of the episode. Do not forget to answer the open-ended question or the poll. And don't forget to take your AG1. Don't forget, having this partnership really helps out the podcast so much, you guys. So if you haven't tried it yet, I told y'all, I don't tell y'all about nothing that I don't like or that don't work for me. So give it a try. I hope you like it. And I will see you guys again soon. Oh, we have a Pep Talk Wednesday episode coming on coming up this week. But I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you so much for listening. This is Affirmations for Black Girls. Okay, question. Do you like the music I use for the podcast? Be honest, (laughs) y'all. Well, I love it, and I get all of my dope beats from Epidemic Sound. If you're looking for the perfect music for your podcast, Instagram videos, TikTok, YouTube channels, or anything royalty-free in general, I am telling y'all, Epidemic Sound is the way to go. Affirmations for Black Girls is proudly brought to you by Epidemic Sound, the ultimate music library for creators. All of my favorite creators use it, so I decided to start using it too, and the curated albums and themes literally blew me away y'all i can literally go on there and search songs for podcasting or songs for blog videos or listen to curated lists featuring black artists now i have been using epidemic sound for almost five years now and i can honestly say i swear by it you get high quality royalty free sounds a wide range of genres moods and even sound effects So today, if you use my link down in the show notes, you can try Epidemic Sound for free for 30 days and see how you like it. And yes, everything you use the music on for your free trial remains royalty free, even if you don't stick around for the subscription. But you guys know that I do not share anything that I do not swear by. So give it a try and let your girl know what you think. Oh, and the sound effects and the track used on this ad are also from Epidemic Sound. And once again, the link for your 30-day free trial of Epidemic Sound is linked down below in the show notes. Now, let's get back into the episode.